We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in. It's Thursday edition of the Oxford Exxon podcast. Chase Parm and Neil McCready, Jeffrey Wright with us for his weekly appearances as well. All podcasts on the network brought to you by Twisted T. We'll get to that here in a little bit. First, uh, the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Lunch specials, 569, couple sides, bread, any size fountain drink. You know about the beer cave, 34 degrees. Head in, get your alcoholic beverages for the weekend, whether you're tailgating in the Grove, whether you're... Uh, just hanging out at home, making a uh, making a, a a day of it in the man cave. There, check out Oxford Exxon. Also, if you come in on Saturday morning, you can uh, pick up one of the uh, helmet decals that uh, the magnets stick on your car. You fill up in a certain time period in the morning. You can take advantage of that. So, all that's going on at Oxford Exxon. Again, coming to you from the Clark Ford Studio. We are Clark Ford's in Emory, Mississippi. Six six two two five seven nineteen hundreds. That number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within fifteen minutes in business hours. It's truly that simple. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote, and then you can shop it around, or you can make a purchase at Clark Ford, which is what I would recommend. It's what I've done. You'll love the product. You'll love the service. Corey and the people at Clark Ford. They want to be your car guy. They want to be your truck guy. They'll prove it to you when you make the call. Six six two two five seven. 1900 Jeffrey Wright will join us momentarily on the Campbell Clinic Hotline. We've got more guests coming up tonight who also will join on the Campbell Clinic Hotline. It's in Oxford now, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102, just across the street from the cottages at Hooper Hollow. The Campbell Clinic provides full service orthopedic care, everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care, pediatric orthopedics, physical therapy, and more. To book an appointment, go to CampbellClinicOxford.com. Or call 901-759-3111. Walk-ins always welcome at the Campbell Clinic, Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. So we're going to get to plenty of football. We'll get through uh, picks here coming up. But first, uh, for you guys, because, I mean, I was, in, I was intrigued by it, but give me a few minutes. What does uh, this huge NBA trade do for the landscape this season? Damian Lillard Heller headed to Milwaukee. So I'm curious to know what Neil thinks. Obviously, anytime Damian Lillard go like that type of that caliber of player goes somewhere, it you know that's that's the headline. From the Western Conference perspective, which is kind of what I care about because I cover a team in the West, I really actually liked what Phoenix did. 
Phoenix yeah. did not have a bench, and now I think they they've like it's not a great bench, but they have gone from a non-existent bench to a legitimately pretty decent bench. And while while I think Aiton sometimes was a scapegoat, like okay, Aiton couldn't defend Jokic. By the way, I didn't see anyone in the playoffs defend Jokic. So you know, Anthony Davis, who was the star of the first two rounds of the playoffs, didn't defend Jokic, and yet Aiton's the one sitting there taking all the blame for it. Okay, they move on for him. Jokic, I think, makes some sense for them at, at center, considering like how they want to play. I like what Phoenix did. My whole thing with with Milwaukee is they're somewhat in the spot where you have to, you got to do everything in your power to keep Giannis happy. And this is clearly something Giannis wanted. And so you've got to, you've got to go all in on that. I'm just not convinced it makes them better. It clearly makes them better on offense. And I I think think it makes them worse. Like defensively, they're defensively. They took a massive step back. Now they just traded, they just traded away one of the uh, sneakier, good defenders in the league. I think yep. one of the better all-around players in the league. I love Drew Holiday. I think he's terrific. No, he doesn't get all the headlines because he's not going to go for fifty. And 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 Dame absolutely will have some nights, man, where he'll go for fifty. I do think a big problem for the Bucs, because I ended up watching that entire Hawks series. A big problem for the Bucs is late game, when Giannis is your best player and you have to give him the ball teams just started doing hack of Giannis and they were basically like part of the reason why the Hawks were able or the heat were able to uh, basically just stay in games. Even when they'd fall behind big is almost every possession. You knew that just foul Giannis and they're only going to get one point. And so like this gives them another late game option that doesn't just say like, okay, we're just sending Giannis to the line. Like it does make them better offensively. There's no question. I'm just, I don't know. I was left just kind of scratching my head. I was like, I just don't think this is the home run maybe that it was portrayed to be. And then for Portland, like I think Portland's doing they had, what to, you, they had to do it. They had to yeah, do it. And they're doing what you do when you, when you get rid of a superstar, which is like you try to squeeze out every possible asset and if you look at what they've done, they're basically banking on that Giannis leaves Milwaukee. And because if you look at like the when they get the picks, it's 28, 29, and that those picks could be pretty good. And it seems likely they're going to probably flip Holiday again, yep. which makes some sense. So you're 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 trying to squeeze every like possible ounce out of out of the deal and. I don't know. I'm like, it seems like everybody got what they wanted out of it. Yeah, you covered it. Um, that's really well done. Yeah, Portland did what it had to do. They had to move on. They can't. They couldn't go through another year of Lillard doing his thing, his his almost bipolar thing. They they needed him to disappear. They weren't winning with him. The West is too good. They've been passed by multiple teams, and they're get, getting ready to get passed by more. Had they kept him. In my opinion, I mean, I think two or three of the other young teams are, are getting ready to pass them. Uh, so it makes sense for them. And you're right. They're gambling that Giannis will leave and he almost certainly will, um, which is sucks for Milwaukee. So Milwaukee's in that they're in that mode now where they're being held hostage by a really nice generational superstar. But 
a generational superstar nonetheless, who has people around him who are probably telling him, hey, it's time to move on. It's time to go to a bigger market. You need to go to Miami. You need to go to LA. You need to go to New York, whatever the case may be. So this is their window, and he probably wanted the Lillard thing to happen, and they got it done, and now the pressure's really on them for Chris Middleton to stay healthy. Because if he can't stay healthy, they just don't have defenders in a, in a playoff series. But you're right, late in a in finishing minutes in a playoff series, the two teams that I do like it for, I do like it for Milwaukee if they can get deep into a playoff series. Now you, you can't attack Giannis when Lillard's got the ball. And for Phoenix... It's not like Aiton was going to be on the floor in finishing minutes anyway. So this deepens their bench. It's going to let them get through an 82-game season a little easier and get to the playoffs with a better chance of being healthy. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing with Aiton is clearly, you know, there's clearly some, I don't know if it's locker room or just, you know, him and Monty. And I, I get it, that doesn't apply anymore. But like, there was, there was clearly just friction there. I mean... It, this you judge this entire deal from Milwaukee based on whether or not they win a title. I mean, that's yep. that's what we judge the, you know, when they made their last deal, they end up winning the title. It's like, okay, well, that was a success. That's kind of how you judge this one because that's that's what you do. That's what you're aiming for with this type of deal. Like you're not, you are going all in on essentially one player. So, it, it you were already like the one seed, right? Weren't they the one seed yeah. last year? They were the one seed, yeah. Yeah. Where do you think Holiday goes? My my early guess, and it makes a ton of sense from a basketball standpoint, is Golden State. So there were I thought I saw the reports yesterday from like legitimate people that you know, it wasn't like a woad or a chance, but like it was people that cover the Heat that the Heat are oh so like they I guess the price was too steep for Dame, and they just weren't they were not coming off of it, and now there's the thought of making a deal with the Heat. Oh yeah, and end up sending the exact same things they were trying, trying to offer for yeah for yeah for name yeah I saw where Jimmy Butler was pissed off he was accusing the Bucks no no, of, no 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 you didn't hear from him <laughs> yeah what really stated <laughs> Neil we can't we can't reveal sources in that situation we could go we should go to jail for that it's what I love about the NBA people people are like why do you like the NBA so much I'm like well. Number one, the quality of play is really, really good. And number two is it's like a, a male soap opera every day. Oh, it's professional wrestling. It is. It's absolutely professional wrestling meets incredible athleticism and the well, games. Professional wrestling. The games yeah, are fun right. and you get the and you get the the series at the end and the 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 shows are it's just a different it's a little more of a lighthearted sport. It's just kind of fun. Now yesterday was a fun day in the league. It's it's what they're good at. On September the twenty seventh, they just had a fun day. And yeah, it was smart to do it like on a because I was I said earlier this week on our show, like I know for y'all covering a, a an SEC team primarily, like you can do football the whole week. For us, it's this weird reality of like Thursday starts our football week, and then Friday it's like amping up, and then Monday's a big recap day. But on Tuesday and Wednesday, we kind of like just look at each other and we're like, uh, I don't know, what are we going to talk about? Like that was a perfect Wednesday, like Wednesday NBA story. So yeah, smart, smart of them to drop it on a Wednesday. I'm going to get in college football and I'm the one that's going to get things thrown at the radio or wherever they're listening to us. But I am curious, Jeffrey, I've, I've got to get your takes. I have you only once a week. Is it all a setup between Kelsey and T-Swift or is it real? 
I think it's real. Now, we just it, needed to, to, to go away in the convertible so everybody sees our faces and make it as max exposure as possible while Travis Kelsey is saying he'd like to keep his his private life private. Give me a I break, mean, bud. He was sitting next to his mom in the suite. Exactly. Like yeah. that's a that's kind of tough to pull off as an act. I think the problem is she went away for a pretty good period of time. And the last guy that she dated for like five years is a very like private guy. I think we've forgotten what an attention whore this girl is. Like her entire existence is like, where's the camera and why is it not? So on even me? if it's real, she's not uncomfortable with this process. She's getting back to her roots. I mean, to me, yeah, this was okay. like, this has been the summer of Taylor Swift. Like it's, it's yeah, been sure. her world. She's like, you know, restarting the economy herself. <laughs> but this to me was the, it was this, this move. And then I don't know if y'all saw last week, she took Sophie Turner out to dinner. Sophie fresh off her announcing her divorce with Joe Jonas, who was also Taylor Swift's ex. So I knew Taylor was back when she's like <laughs> taking Sophie Turner out to go have a bitch fest about how much Joe sucks. And then, then it was like the cherry on top is, oh yeah, high profile relationship. It's like, it's Taylor's back, baby. Oh God. Yeah. Tied in from Kansas City is where we're going for this one. It's it's crazy. Anyway, are we all back on your beeves this week, Jeff? Oh yeah, come on. Utah Listen. plus one in Corvallis. I, I tip my cap to Washington State. I mean, they played damn near flawless football in that first half, and I I also though I'm not going to ignore my beeves. They damn near left it on the field trying to come back from down what was like 21 in the fourth quarter. And if they get the onside kick, I swear to God, they were going to score and win the game. So, like, I'm not just going to sit there and jump ship when this team has been so good to me. And I'm not going to act like Utah offensively is just going to flip a switch. I mean, Utah's, Utah's defense got them seven points on the first play of the game, and then you could tell uh, more for UCLA was shook after that. That game was 7-7 offensively. Beeb's going to be able to run the ball. Cam Rising playing this week, or is he still out? At a certain point, like... If he's out this week, isn't he just out? Like, why are we even having the conversation anymore? Yeah, I I mean, I guess there is also the thought of... He didn't tear his ACL in January. Like, normally, it's like, you know... I mean, I guess we're probably on the longer... I feel like guys come back now like nine months, but it's like maybe it's on the longer end. I think we've seen so many Alabama guys come back in like two and a half weeks from an ACL that we expect yeah. it to happen super quick, but it, it is a 10-month injury. So, and I think like as soon as they, if you watch them play offensively, as soon as they can get him back, they want him back because they're just so limited offensively. And this just feels like like the Pac-12 is fun, and I, I've I've been you know banging the drum for it. But this is set up to where the Pac-12 can still find a way to eat itself. Of course, like they're just like doing will. it with better teams than than they usually do. Usually, it's like a nobody ruining somebody's season and ruining the whole thing for the league. Now it just feels like that you've got a, a bunch of similar teams, and they could all go like one and one against each other and you don't know you don't know who ends up rising from the top 
We'll give you an edit here, Jeffrey. Would you like Florida or Kentucky? Because Kentucky is minus three at home against the Gators, and you've got a three-point Kentucky win. Yeah, I saw two and a half everywhere. So uh, I'm taking Kentucky, like everything I wrote. And I'm taking Kentucky because I wanted to take Florida. So I'm taking Kentucky. Wildcats 5-0-1 against the spread in the last six against the Gators, you say? Correct. I mean, if you've... If you've seen Kentucky's final scores, that looks better than Kentucky does. Like, Kentucky still offensively doesn't look like they're there yet. But at the same time, like, I don't know, Florida just put up 22 points on Charlotte. Like, are are we, is that offense there either? Kentucky feels comfortable in the type of game this is about to be Saturday to me. Yes, I agree. And, and, And they have the better quarterback. Yes, that's really what it boiled down to. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Arlington this weekend, Texas A&M, Arkansas, the Aggies without Connor Wegman, minus six and a half, AT&T Stadium, 11 o'clock, SEC Network on this one. From a TV standpoint, I would much rather watch A&M, Arkansas, and that's the network game versus ESPN for Florida and Kentucky. Kind of a weird decision there, but either way, I don't know why I feel like this. I get it's, I guess it's Wegman being out. I don't know if it's maybe Sanders playing, if it's the way Arkansas played LSU. I think the Razorbacks win this game straight up. They play well in Arlington. This game's always kind of weird. I don't know. Just kind of got a hunch this weekend. Yeah. My only thought, though, is did we all take A&M or do we all take Arkansas? I picked A&M to win, but Arkansas to cover. I think it's more of a three-point game. No one picked A&M to cover. Yeah. uh, That. Oh, boy. Um (laughs) Our but records indicate that's a lot, but like, come on, yeah, done. Going, jump congrats, on the Aggies. Congrats to the Aggies. I mean, are we ignoring the Petrino? Is there for the Petrino revenge game? Is it a bigger revenge game for Arkansas, or is it a bigger revenge game for him? He's already had the revenge game. Yeah, but that's not a man that lets go of a grudge. No, probably not. I, I mean, I think you can't count the Missouri State game as a revenge game. Come on, eh, he, he scared the he living did. shit out of them. He did. <laughs> They didn't play that. They didn't play another game like that the rest of the season against teams that were far inferior to Arkansas. He he put the whole season plan into that yeah. game. Um, I don't know. I, I I think so. There's two ways to look at Arkansas, right? You, you've got you've got this game where they played against BYU, where they beat themselves. They held BYU to under 300 yards of offense, had basically 500 yards of offense, and still lost the game. Uh, that that takes a special effort. They had like 14 offensive line penalties. Then they go down to LSU, build a 13-3 to lead, kind of let it get away right there in the middle of the game, get down eight, come back and tie it, and then just exchange serve basically with LSU all the way to the finish. And that game kind of came down to who got the ball last. So you can make an argument for Arkansas sucks, and you can make an argument, an argument for Arkansas might be okay. So I don't know the truth. And I don't know what A&M looks like. Yeah, Johnson came in and played well against Auburn. It's fine. Auburn sucks. So I I mean, I'm sure it's not it's not Hughes' fault, of course, but but they're not they're not very good. What does Johnson do? Accurate. What does Johnson do with the whole week? What does he do they do they have to change what they do? Because Wagner is a lot more mobile and and does more things. They've had struggles up front to protect and now they really have to focus on protecting because you're down a quarterback. Um, and then defensively, they've not been the greatest team in the world. 
and Arkansas has been pretty good on offense. I, I think it's a close game. That game is typically close. I think this will be close probably in the upper 20s, low 30s for both teams. Yeah, I'm honestly just taking history. Like, if you went back to since this game's been in Arlington, it's like 60% of these games have been one-score games. Yeah. And I'm just kind of – I'm just saying, okay, well, give me the points in that one. I mean, the difference with Johnson is Johnson doesn't move nearly as well as Wegman does. I mean, Wegman's a pretty darn good athlete. If if indeed they have real protection problems, that's that's an opportunity for Arkansas because he just doesn't move nearly as well. He's still a, a fully capable, like, in terms of backup quarterback situations, I mean, LSU's probably got the best. Then you can make an argument for Ole Miss, and then it's probably A and M. Yeah, for sure. But he was the backup for a reason. I mean, yeah, you know, he didn't he win didn't, the job. Yeah, he didn't win the job. So you, you and Weigman had been really good. Yes. I mean, to the point where I was like, "Hey, you know, A and M's the sleeper in in, in the West." Oh, I, I found myself in the first half going, "Is this the team that is this the chaos team?" Yeah, All right. I was thinking they were, and they still might be. But you know, they didn't lose to Miami because Weigman was bad. They lost to Miami because. They couldn't stop them. Yeah, big plays. Big plays got him, and the kickoff return, yeah. Which kind of makes you susceptible against Arkansas because Arkansas is a big play team because of yeah. KJ's just so hard to bring to the ground that he extends plays, and they've they've got a little more speed on the outside than they're probably getting credit for. They just haven't utilized it particularly well. Their deal is they're just now starting to run the ball. They didn't run the ball early in the season. Now they, they ran it pretty well against LSU, so – if they can run it against A&M, they'll win. But, man, running it against A&M is tough. That front four of theirs is its elite. Yeah, I mean, where a and susceptible is the back end. Yeah, they're very similar to LSU. Yeah. Number one, Georgia minus 14 and a half at Auburn, 230 on CBS. Everybody making this kind of locks of the week. They see Auburn, the rebuild, Georgia being the behemoth they, they, as they are. I am wondering if this is actually the game, not the Arkansas A&M one, where we're all wrong. Because Auburn is not awful defensively, and I still don't believe in Georgia to score any points. I mean, they didn't cover this line against South Carolina a few weeks ago, had it been 14 and a half. There's just a chance that this turns into, like, Georgia's never going to lose the game, but it also ends up being this, like, weird rock fight game where it's pretty kind of low scoring. Yeah, I mean, again, and it's also, that was South Carolina was at home, and this is on the road. But yeah, sure. South Carolina has Spencer Rattler. And Rattler's played really well. And I know like his his history of just being an insane douchebag makes him not really a likable story. But if you've watched them play, like he's doing exactly what you would want your quarterback to do. Of their pressures, 88% come from the offensive line, according to PFF. That is like we're talking like New Mexico, Rice, like that's who they're in the category of. Like that's how bad their offensive line is. And the guys just still like hanging tough and making making big throws. How does Auburn score? That's Auburn got three offensive points last week. If you set Auburn's individual over under, I mean, I think I'm under anything beyond I mean, for sure, nine, right? I mean, how, like, 
do you think that they're going to score more against Georgia than they did against A&M? It's a I mean, defensive it's, touchdown. It's a turnover and a field goal. Like, it's that kind of thing. It's got to be short field or, like, some just coverage bust where they steal seven somehow. Right. They're not like, driving. How do they score on offense? Is it, It's either a shot play, which I don't trust them to hit, because their quarterback play is horrific. Like, I, I just don't know how Auburn scores here. And – I don't know. You you can kind of tell when Hugh knows that it's not going well. Is this the week they go to Ashford? Full? I don't know. It's not or because like it's this. not winnable. Why? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm he's not doing. He's not doing what Hugh asked him to do. Yeah, he, he's he's not executing the offense. He's. He'll, he's yeah, he's a highlight reel at times because he's so athletic, but he's not running the offense. I mean, if you watch Hughes' reaction to him, it's very frustrated because he's not doing what they're asking him to do. Like half I mean, the time, I think there's a better chance they go to the the freshman than they do turning it over to. Act. Like I think if they're going to move off a of thorn, which again I got no idea what they paid him to stay, so I don't know like how committed they are to him. If they move off of thorn, I think they're going to the freshman. You guys give Kansas any chance of hanging around in the fourth quarter? Plus 17 and a half at number three, Texas, at 2.30 ABC on Saturday. Um, I, I I, mean, this game was like 55-17 last year, and like I get it, you know, that, that doesn't really – I don't like Kansas against teams that are physically dominant, like physically superior to them. Kansas – if Kansas is in like a battle of scheme, that's when I really like Kansas – but I don't know how they're going to run the ball on them, and I don't know how they're going to stop the run. And like maybe the back doors open, whatnot. But like I think this, I think this is just a game Texas controls. Like I actually, I can't believe like I'm doing this. Like I believe in Texas right now. Like I think I they're too. legitimately good. I do too. I know Baylor's a mess, but the way that they like just kind of like handled business. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you how Kansas can hang in it. Texas is not like the same. The same thing that tripped up Arkansas last last week against LSU. Oftentimes, football's decided by what do you do in the red zone. Texas has not been great in the red zone. So if you start letting them take field goals when they should have been getting touchdowns, that could maybe let Kansas hang around. But I just don't love this spot. It's in Austin. Like, I don't know. Just I, I think this is a Texas Rolls day. Who do you think are the best four teams in the country right now? I asked this question to uh, Tim Murray of Easton this week. Isn't it funny how coming into the year, we're like, all right, well, Georgia's there. Michigan's probably there. Maybe Ohio State loses to Michigan and gets in again. And I don't know, someone else from like either, you know, maybe SC – takes over Texas. Do you feel good right now based on what we've seen on the field? Forget recruiting rankings and and expectations and whatnot. From what we've seen, who do you feel good about going, that team's going to be in the playoff? There is not a single one in the country. Because even like if you're talking about Georgia, it follows with the caveat of, well, their schedule is just so soft. But it's not based on what I've seen from Georgia. I think it's Texas. I, I think it's if you tell me 
Texas, I'd buy it. If you told me Washington, I'd buy it. The problem I have with Washington is, okay, we've been ever since 2019, we've been searching for the, okay, who's going to be, who's going to be the 2019 LSU team, the team that puts it all together. And Washington actually fits the bill better than all the other examples we were trying to use because they have an NFL caliber quarterback and they have three NFL caliber receivers and they're just lighting people up. And they're not like, they're not just like there's, you can't ignore their scores. They're still going to have like Cal has a horrific passing offense and could still throw it on them. Like, I just think when they start going up against teams that have, again, that league's got good quarterbacks, I think they're going to be a little susceptible. Yeah, because I don't know that anybody runs it through the Pac-12. So the question is, like, can you avoid that second loss? Correct. And can you get the title? Can you avoid the second loss, get to the title game, and win it? Well, true. Because, you know, they're playing nine, they play nine conference games, and then you have to play the title game. And like that, I'm with you. Like, does some? I do think if you have a one-loss Pac-12 champion, I think that team gets in because the league's been pretty damn good this year. I just don't know if they do that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the one-loss team definitely gets in. I mean, but you look at their schedule, and it's the back half here for Washington. Like yes. on October fourteenth, they're going to be they're going to be Arizona on Saturday. So October they got a bye week, and then they're hosting Oregon. Okay, pull that off. That should be a hell of a game. I'm really actually kind of excited for that. And then Arizona State, okay, Stanford, okay. And they're close at SC, Utah, at Oregon State, Washington State. They'll earn it. And if they escape that with one loss, they're in. If the title game win it, they're in. Yeah. Yeah. They can no, yeah. They can afford they can afford a stumble. Yeah. I think any of those teams with one loss is for sure in if they win the Pac 12 title game. I um, why I think I'm not even gonna, people, gonna. It's why I think that the people that are ho- holding out hope for a two-loss SEC team getting in the fourteen playoff, I, I think you can kiss that goodbye. I don't. I don't think that's realistic this year. The well, most likely way- SEC scenario is Georgia wins either loses one game in the regular season or one game in the championship game, and then gets in as a one-loss back-to-back champion. Yeah, the only way I could see it is if Alabama. And LSU or or LSU because they're non-con losses. I think honestly though, it's got to be Alabama because LSU's final score looks worse. May and they beat Georgia in the title game. You can maybe talk me into it, but I'm I'm kind of with Neil. Like I think the path is, it's almost at this point. It's almost like either Alabama has to run at run the table, LSU has to run the table, or it has to be Georgia. Like I, yeah. I think those are their three. There are three opportunities. Yeah. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made of real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol, no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite teams, whether you're tailgating, at the stadium, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate your game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. 
This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up the way you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything that life throws at you. Therapy can help clear your thoughts, and it's great to talk to somebody that doesn't have a lot of preconceived notions. Sure, you got family, you got friends, but maybe they have opinions or emotions that are not exactly what you need right now. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MPW today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash M-P-W. Fall is here, gentlemen. It's about to get busy during the holidays. Don't let that stop you from sticking to your habits and being the best version of yourself. That's where our friends at Caldera Lab come in. They're the best in the skincare game with an easy routine. Keep your face looking pretty no matter your schedule. Plus, what's better than a gift? of clear skin join the other 100,000 men who trust caldera lab to show your best self and first impression this fall plus it's a great gift caldera lab creates high performance men's skincare products and the regimen leads off their product lineup a twice a day routine transferring your skin the regimen includes three products the clean slate the base layer the good the clean slate starts and ends your day it's a face wash that leaves all skin types refreshed the base layer is your daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin and jumpstart your day full of confidence, and the good is your go-to multifunctional serum at night that helps your skin look tighter and smoother, as well as reduce the visibility and wrinkles and fine line. They're the leader of uh, men's skin care. They're made only with top-tier ingredients, and clinical trials have found 94% of men's skin showed an overall younger-looking appearance after using Caldera Lab for just a few weeks. One minute morning and night is all it takes to reduce your wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging. And just for our audience, we have an exclusive deal. You're not beating this offer. Use MPW at CalderaLab.com, and it's 20% off right now. That's 20% off with code MPW at CalderaLab to make unforgettable first impressions with the best gift this holidays. Again, 20% off at CalderaLab with code MPW. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. When it comes to options, honestly, more is more. That's why HelloFresh's menu includes 40 recipes and over 100 add-on items to choose from every single week. HelloFresh takes the stress out of mealtime by delivering fresh ingredients and easy recipes right to your doorstep. This fall, skip that extra trip to the grocery store and have dinner ready in no time with America's number one meal kit. A new season calls for new meals, and HelloFresh has a fresh fall lineup of delicious dinners and more to choose from. Take your pick from 40 weekly recipes that suit your lifestyle, from veggie to family-friendly, fit, wholesome, and much more. They make it easy. Recipes are easy to follow. Get mealtime done. I know it's hectic right now. I know a lot of stuff's going on, kids' activities. HelloFresh can help you out. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 50MPW, and then use that code 50MPW for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50MPW and code 50MPW for 50% off. Again, 15% even the next two months after that as well. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. Give it a try because, look, my diet's not perfect. Not always getting all the vitamins, nutrients, minerals that I need every day. And AG1 can help in that. Makes me feel better, like I'm doing something great for my body as well. Because it empowers the gut for whole body health. It's much more than just a greens power. 
powder. It's all of your key health products in one covering my nutritional basis for my day. Literally couldn't be any easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water, drink it first thing in the morning, done. Right there, I break my uh, kind of my fast overnight with AG1. It's a great routine and gets me on with my day. I also like that it costs less than three hours a day. Pretty good if you ask me. It's an effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. It's a win-win. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, Give Athletic Greens. They're giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash mpw. That's athleticgreens.com slash mpw. Check it out. Uh, Missouri minus 12 at Vanderbilt, 3 p.m. SEC Network, whatever. We've all got Missouri covering this game. It is what it is. I'm not spending time on it. Yeah. All right, LSU minus two and a half at Ole Miss, 5 p.m. ESPN. We've spent tons of time talking about it. I was an idiot that basically said that I thought Ole Miss would cover, not realizing what the line was. For I've had it in my head all week. The line was five, not two and a half. I don't know why I thought that. So my paragraph makes no sense. But, um, Jeffrey, you've got the Rebels outright in this one. This is the ultimate. My eyes tell me that LSU is the play here. But the line just when the line came out and they're not. Is it gone to three? Uh, I'll look while you're talking. Like it's moved back around from two and a half to three, three to two and a half, like 80 percent of the money's on LSU. And they're not really moved like they're not usually when you have like that kind of money coming in, like you'll see a big flip like they'll cross three to three and a half or four. And it really hasn't done that. I'm I'm trusting my theory that I think college football is becoming more week to week. And I think we have to be careful of overreacting to the last thing that we saw. You got to kind of use NFL brain more than you got to use college football brain, because I don't think there I don't think there's any teams right now in the West, particularly that are so dominant that you can just go, I trust what I saw last week. And I'm going to trust my theory that Ole Miss isn't as bad as they showed last week and that Alabama was a bad matchup for them. But with LSU, LSU's been very susceptible to big plays. Ole Miss is pretty good at scheming up big plays. LSU secondary is pretty weak, so a lot of the a lot of the quick stuff that they like to do works a lot better on LSU. And if you look at teams that have run Ole Miss's offense, like Ole Miss jumped up on LSU. Yeah, they had a bad second half last year, but Tennessee's offense, which is, you know, essentially schematically the same as Ole Miss's offense, like they lit them up. They've been they've been very susceptible to big plays, and that's kind of how Ole Miss moves the football. And this just I don't know. I just this is like a spot where it's like this feels like just the old no apparent reason win. And I just kind of have a feeling that Ole Miss is not as bad as they looked last week. But if we're sitting here Saturday night talking about LSU with another, you know, double digit win, I'm not surprised. Ole Miss, uh, it is still at two and a half from a line and 67 percent of the money is on LSU. I mean, this is this is honestly like I think I would have been more inclined to lay LSU if it was five and a half. Sixty-seven is your over/under on this one. 
That keeps I mean, going up. It's gone up from 65 to 66 to 67. People are expecting points in large part because they look at the matchup and go, I don't know how Ole Miss stops LSU. It's a little surprising because Ole Miss typically in these types of games, like the number goes under. This series, five and five in the last 10. Um, LSU is seven and three against Ole Miss in its last 10 games, despite committing more turnovers, um, which is an interesting stat there. Um, and typically they hold Ole Miss very low in passing yards, Ole Miss averaging barely 200 yards passing in the series the last five games. So, I mean, this is the weakest LSU secondary that I can remember. Yep, it's bad. Uh, Pete Deweese and I taped last night almost an hour and a half um, on this game. And Pete thinks Ole Miss has to be pretty close to perfect. I, and again, I think, I, I think he's I, concerned about. I think he's concerned about Ole Miss's ability up front to a establish the run and then b to protect Jackson Dart in third and long. I don't want to give up his preview at all. Is it just these matchups these two weeks or is Pete sort of seeing a lot of flaws in Ole Miss generally, which is creating these thoughts week to week? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's both. Uh, I think in general, he is higher on the Ole Miss defense than he is the offense. I think he he thinks the defense is actually getting better and better and better. And he thinks they have a chance by the end to be pretty good. They Obviously, they don't have the, the tools uh, that that you would want to have in the SEC. There, there is a speed issue, very clearly. He points it out. Um, he thinks that Golding is doing a really good job working around that. I mean, you can't go by speed. He's got to, you have the speed you have. And then on offense, I just think he is concerned about their front. And anybody who watches them sees that. There's, there's a concern with the front. The, the, you watch the film and, and look, Jackson doesn't have a lot of time. He's getting, he's getting hit a lot. He's having to throw off his back foot some. He's not getting, he's having to move a lot, which is, I know that's a strength of his, but they've not been able to establish the running game. They're not executing some blocks on the edges when they, when they try to do some things. He, he thinks they're just still in almost experiment mode on offense, trying to figure out how to run the football because this offense, as Lane said on Monday, this offense requires that you run the football. Yeah, I mean, there's no question. You know, you can get upset with play calling, and I, I think there were some legitimate gripes. It's really hard to run any offense when you cannot block. I also think there aren't many fronts as good as, like, I know Mason Smith's a, a, a very good player, but I do not think that LSU's front's as good as Alabama's, and I also don't think LSU can do what Alabama did in the secondary, which is just like basically man up and be physical and tackle. Oh, I disagree with you about LSU's defensive front. I agree completely about the secondary, but I think their front's better than Alabama's. Man, I don't know. Like I, I, I was like, I Alabama. Alabama would kill for Wingo and Perkins. They'd kill for them. They had space eaters, and they would just like maul Ole Miss up front, and they just kind of mucked it up to a certain level. I Here's do think the problem, guys. Tulane kind of mauled Ole Miss up front. Oh, again, I'm not. The, I mean, I mean, the big, front's a problem. I mean, it's a problem. They a big if part they of this don't though, if they don't fix it, they're losing multiple games. A big part of this, though, for me is Vegas hasn't really been wrong on Ole Miss's lines. 
Like even last week, yeah, Alabama wins by two scores. If Dart hits the only pass, I feel like that, you know, like the only real wide open guy that he missed all day, Ole Miss probably backdoors that. And, and like, I don't, they, just have, they haven't been all that wrong on Ole Miss yet. It seems to me like they have a pretty good feel for what they are. And I don't know. Like I said, if we're talking on Saturday night about a, a double-digit LSU win, I'm not surprised. But if we're also sitting there talking about Ole Miss won the game, I'm also not surprised. Oh, yeah, no, I, I think Ole Miss can win. I just think they got to play really, really well to do it. And I think LSU is going to score. Uh, that, that's a, that's an elite offense. The numbers back that up. They they are going to score. We we are doing this thing. Not we, but we in general are doing this thing where they lost to Florida State, and we don't go look at how they lost to Florida State. They left a lot of points on the board in the first quarter of that game. They could have easily been up seventeen first half, and they weren't. And give Florida State credit; they dominated the second part of the game. But that wasn't that wasn't like a bell to bell ass kicking no it was a it was a bad 20 minutes of football uh to quote ryan davis one bad half one bad half yeah one bad half uh ryan you lost twice to michigan that's like eight bad quarters uh but you do you bro i do think you can kind of make the argument though for Ole miss like Ole miss should have been up more last week they weren't they sure and lo and behold you set up that it, like it was kind of the same thing. It's like when Ole Miss had the chance to knock out Alabama, they did not do it, and they paid the price. LSU did not knock out Florida State, and they paid the price. I mean, to me, like this, though, this really becomes a question of Daniels is very good, but he doesn't do like everything's not always on schedule. Like it takes like if you watch him, he. He kind of like he waits for guys to get open. Like he's he's very slow in processing. And if Ole Miss can take advantage of that, like it's not like he's just gonna sit there and pick you apart, looking, you know, reading the whole field, whatnot. A lot of times it's all right, where's my dude? I'm waiting for him to get open. When I see him open, bang. But he's, you know, he has been an inconsistent quarterback throughout his entire career. Well, Ole Miss scoring or not, and again, we can talk about the schedule being played. We can talk about, you know, again, this is this is just raw stats. And, L- and LSU obviously has played two SEC games and they played Florida State, so it hasn't been an easy schedule. But they're 81st in team defense passing efficiency right now. They're allowing passing yards and they're 62nd in sacks. They're getting Perkins in better spots, and he had a hell of a day against Arkansas. He also played a ton of snaps, more than he's played at any point in his career. But they're not getting home right now. And Ole Miss will either keep that going and they'll score points, or LSU starts getting home, and it's going to be one long day, and I just don't see a path for Ole Miss to win that football game. One yeah, or the other. But uh, I mean, I mean, to me, like this is a matter of if Ole Miss cannot figure out a way to block LSU, then we're going to be sitting here and talking about a double-digit loss on Saturday. You have to believe, in my opinion, that Ole Miss can get into the 30s. If they can get into the 30s, they got a hell of a shot. If they can't, they probably don't. Yeah, I think that's about right. I mean, <clears throat> LSU's going to get LSU is going to get into the the mid to upper 20s at a minimum. They just are. They, they, they against that defense, they are. They 
Georgia Tech went for 477 yards. LSU is better, significantly better than Georgia Tech offensively. It's not even close. Uh, Alabama is not a great offensive. Alabama is not a great offensive team. Um, I mean, the, you know, you you just don't. We're going to see. I mean, the lack of the lack of team speed on defense is going to get exposed a couple of times Saturday. It just is. It just the way the league works. It's going to come down to can. Can Dart play really well? Can they move the ball down the field? Can they hit some chunk plays? And then the guys, they got to run the ball. You can't. It's a tennis match. You have to control serve. Yeah, I mean, I also don't think Lane's going to have as bad of a plan again as he did last week. I don't don't think so either. It's like you talked to like Pete was saying this wasn't the worst plan. They, They just nothing works. Nothing worked. I mean, nothing worked offensively. Yeah, but like normally, I mean, we're, we're, we're doing this deal with Caden Priestcorn and 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 Franklin about hey, those guys. Yeah, those guys when they're completely healthy are really good players. They're not completely healthy, and they're not going to be completely healthy this week either. And if if Harris plays, he's not going to be a hundred percent. And and so you you just don't have you don't have weapons right now. Yeah, those guys are weapons, but they're hurt. I mean, Priestcorn was in a boot for a month. He's he's not in game shape. It shows. Oh, I, I completely agree on all that. I also don't think that LSU secondary tackles and can get off blocks like Alabama's can. No, no doubt about that. Alabama's secondary is elite. It always has been. It always will be. Probably as long as Nick Saban has so, a pulse. They're so physical. Like they not only do they run and cover well, like they're physical. And so they get off blocks in a hurry, and LSU doesn't do that. Yeah, Bama shut down that short game because they could tackle so well with the line of scrimmage right there with the corners and stuff, and it just it, it killed Ole Miss because they couldn't do anything else. Uh, any quick thoughts on either one? South Carolina plus 11.5. We talked about Rattler a little bit at Tennessee, 630 SEC Network, or uh, where game day is, number 11 Notre Dame, minus 5 at number 17 Duke, ABC 630. So I'm taking the points with South Carolina just because like I know South Carolina like, for all the reasons they can't block very well. But I think Rattler can kind of keep them in it. And I don't know if like I'm still waiting for Tennessee's offense. Like they're getting they're getting got either guys open and Milton's not hitting them deep or Milton's making the throw and they're not making the catch like they're they've. They're just not getting the passing game going, and until they start getting the explosive offense going, I just don't think they can run away and hide from people. So I'm taking South Carolina there, despite the fact that, like, I know this is kind of a revenge spot for Tennessee, and like all the makings are there for Tennessee. But I just, I just like what I've seen out of Rattler this year, uh, and then Duke. I don't know. I kind of like that. The I kind of like that. Notre Dame lost in the fashion that they did because that's like a soul crushing loss, but because it was so embarrassing from a coaching perspective, like I think it allows like you're not going to like, you're, you're going to start like coaching really hard this week. And I kind of think that this is a bad spot for Duke because I think first off, Notre Dame has been really, really good when they play in quote unquote ACC play. And I don't think that they're going to let Riley Leonard get loose like Clemson did at times. 
Yeah, I kind of like Notre Dame to win this comfortably for whatever reason. I was I was different early in the week, and as it's going on, I just think Sam Hartman puts up points, and it just they kind of handle it. Duke's Ten. a good football team. Like I, yeah. I don't like Duke's going to make you beat them, but like this is the type of game that I think Notre Dame can kind of flex in. Can State cover the fourteen and a half? Uh, history suggests no. Um, Again, it's just a system play. We got the Bulldogs, so we're, we're we are fading the Bulldogs. I, I mean, honestly, it's like for me, it's like Mississippi State kind of got the passing game going last week, but how much of that is South Carolina? Like yeah. South Carolina's back end's bad, and I just I if if Alabama wants to lock up on those defenders, like they're going to be able to stop the run, and. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason why. Like, I've out state just has a quite the hang up against Alabama here in like the last decade. Yeah. I, uh, if Bama found it a little bit, they're going to cover this line. State had zero identity. And yeah, Rodgers did pretty well and it was better than whatever. But it, it, it was nothing about that game that made me think they had sort of found their path to success for the season in any capacity. Well, that no, won't be the not. path to beat that secondary. Right. Yeah, 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 and you got to think Alabama's going to try to build on that second half. You you've got to think they want to start turning the corner. Start turning that corner. They, they, they. If if you're them, you have to feel like you found something in the second half in Tuscaloosa against Ole Miss, and you probably can't wait to kind of get back on the field and keep doing it. Because they got they got A and M coming up. I mean, they've got they got Arkansas coming up. I mean, they could get on a roll here. The and only just, issue the only issue that I have is. This is Milrose's first true road start, right? Uh yes. Well, yes. I don't remember. I'm trying to think of the last year. But A and M, what he played, played A&M at home. He came in against Arkansas on the road, but that wasn't that game had already been going. And then A and M was at home. This is like his first true road start. Um, and I don't think the way to beat Mississippi State's just to like run right at them. But I don't know, like uh, this. I, I just haven't seen anything. There's not like Alabama has at least shown me at times like you can trust them, even if you don't love like how it looks. State has not shown me anything that you can trust them yet. Lions minus two at Green Bay tonight. What do you like? My boy golf is cooking. Okay. He is. My boy, my boy is telling you what that stock I held on to. Looking pretty good right now. He's no Jameis Winston, but he's That's good. True. That's true. Uh, I also think Jameis is more fun to watch than Derek Carr. I don't need fun, Jeffrey. I need wins. He, don't need fun. Listen, he led you don't on a need game, fun. He led you on a game-winning drive, and the freaking kicker can't finish the drive. Okay. Listen, he's got. He had the. He had the surgery, the eye surgery, LASIK. He now can see colors, so he. He's not throwing it to the other team as much. <laughs> you know what's funny is for whatever reason, when Jameis Winston's on the field, I am cheering for Jameis Winston. Almost, I, almost. I've never seen someone like have a flip for me in terms of like rooting interest. Like when he was at Florida State, like he was despicable. I know I hated There's it. Something about NFL Jameis that's so so much more fun. He just looks like such a good guy. And he's a he's good the team. number one pick that became an underdog. Somehow. Yes, I, I have no idea how that happened. 
I mean, I was literally like, come on, you got this. Come on, man. Come on. Come on, buddy. <laughs> come on, James. Just, 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 just one more. This change, buddy. Nothing, just, nothing. Don't get too greedy. Don't get too greedy. Ten more seconds. Ten more seconds. Just, just stay, stay on this, stay on this interval. Keep going. You got it. Come on. Got a break coming soon. Come on. And then also, the rookie kicker screwed it up. When are the Saints going to acknowledge that Chris Olave is their number one receiver, not Michael Thomas? It, it just, just throwing the ball every play, please. He's just, just, just awesome. throwing the ball. He's great. Unfortunately, we don't have quarterbacks that can get him in the ball. So, what's like, Carr's like, deal? Is he is he playing this week? He's week to week with the AC joint. They have he has not practiced all week, but Dennis Allen is refusing to rule him out yet. I'm assuming that comes today. I, my, my guess is he misses this week and maybe one more, but it does not appear to be a very lengthy injury. But yeah, I don't. I would be a little shocked if he plays against Tampa this week. I'm just so um, annoyed at watching Saints games and have Michael Thomas be the number one option. Like, that Panthers game was infuriating because Carr was just looking for him, locked in on him, waiting. And then it's like, in the second half, they started like, what if we mix in a little Olave here? And it's like, oh, yeah, the, the football moves because he's awesome. It's also, nostalgia is great. It doesn't win football games. Jimmy Graham getting 12 targets is not going to win us football no, games. That's that's not fun either. Yeah, that's, that's not how that works. Uh... The bad game of the day. Hope we can watch anything else on uh, Sunday. Denver at Chicago. God help whoever's market that is in Ooh. On, on Sunday. Is that, Ooh. is that any – I mean, the Sunday night football game is in fury. I, literally, Taylor Swift's going to save Sunday night football. Chiefs coming, at Jets. She's, did she's, you see Willie Gay's comment yesterday? No, what did he say? Oh, so they asked Willie Gay. They're in the Chiefs locker room. He goes um, – the reporter says – Something about, you know, when you look at the Jets offense on, on film, what do you see? And Willie Gay kind of stifles a laugh and looks at it and goes, that, that, that's a tough question. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you that. That's a tough question. And then he goes, kind of pauses and he goes, they really want to run the football. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want this to get misconstrued that I think Zach Wilson is uh, a, a, a good quarterback. They are doing him no favors. Like they're they had eight straight plays where they ran the ball, and then you're getting mad at him because he's not completing third and thirteen. Yeah, I mean it's the NFL. You're not going to complete third and thirteen. Like, go look at what go look at what Indianapolis was doing, what Stinnick was doing with Richardson. He's not asking him to sit there and be, you know, Peyton Manning. And, and Brady, like they're giving him easy plays. Like what Houston's doing, Houston's doing a great job with CJ Stroud. Like mm -hmm. they're like, yeah, he's taking some shots. He's, he's getting hit a lot, but they're scheming up plays for him. They're giving him easy throws and they're letting him be comfortable. Like they're just expecting Zach Wilson to like go out and be Tom Brady. It's like, that's on you. And this is kind of like a, disaster scenario where Hackett's not a great offensive mind. He's just Rogers guy. And so like, I just don't trust that Hackett's going to do what's best for Zach Wilson. And I think there's like a part of the jets. I don't have the Robert Solagene like everyone else does. I think he's like a meathead dum dum, And he seems to take pride in the fact that like my defense is still really good. Like, it's just the offense's fault. And it's like, it's almost like they just want to use Wilson as a scapegoat. Last thing I got to go. Uh, Memphis got any shot with Boise. What's, what's the thought there? Saturday? I mean, 
So Circa opened the line at Boise minus three. Mm-hmm. And then it, 25 minutes later, it went to Memphis minus three and they won't oh. move. It. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Is there somebody hurt that I don't know about? If Boise's able to run the football like they did against San Diego State, Memphis is in for a long day. But I, I'm that is like a right now, like that's a no touch for me because my eyes tell me Boise, but that line says like they somebody knows something or somebody's at least it's maybe it's a head fake. I don't know, but like circa moving the line six points. Circa, in my opinion, is the sharpest of the sports books. Mm-hmm. I pay attention when they do something like that. Gotcha. Enjoyed it, bud. Have a good day. We'll talk Saturday. Be good. Jeffrey Wright joining us as he does every uh, single week. Yeah, you got Chiefs Jets on Sunday night. And then uh, one Monday night game this week. It is Seahawks at Giants. So, eh. Yeah. Yeah. Both New York teams getting the primetime spot Sunday and Monday. But, eh. I mean, it's just going to be nauseating. It's going to be nothing but Kelsey and Taylor Swift, just to the point where I'm, I'm already. Is she going to show, or like, when does her concert series resume? I don't. Supposedly, she's going to be at the game. Oh, really? Yeah. I wonder how many Pfizer commercials there will be. Is NBC a partner for that? I don't know. I mean, I will genuinely be curious. I'm skeptical. My intent is all up. Again, I just don't see what's in it for her. That's what I don't buy. Maybe they're paying her too. Paid him a whole bunch of money. Yeah, but I I don't know. It just doesn't that doesn't feel right. She doesn't need it in any way. I don't get it. Well, she certainly leans that way politically, which is fine. And no, but I'm taking the Pfizer thing out though, just in yeah. general. Like if that because I mean there's no proof that's what that is. Like what what I don't know. Why manipulate with a Kansas City tight end of all people? That's not exactly the most high-profile person you could have picked. It's the second highest-profile person on the highest-profile team. It is, and the the other one's married, so they can't. That wouldn't work. Yeah, sure. Although that would be wild, Patrick Mahomes. I I have enjoyed the memes of Brittany Mahomes being very pissed off all week because Taylor's still in the spotlight away from 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 Patty Elm and and and, yeah, there's, and, and, there's... and the Mahomes family. There is no spotlight left for you. Yeah. Brittany. Yeah. You have well, that, whatever you, you have feel like your star is, it is not a Taylor Swift. She is the sun in your solar yeah. system. So you had your moment in the sun, and this is the eclipse, babe. <laughs> I mean, there is no oxygen left for you. Uh, rundown of the NFL for uh, the weekend Atlanta at Jacksonville, the Jags minus three against the Falcons. That's kind of an interesting game. That's a London game at 8 30 on Sunday oh, morning. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, Pittsburgh's at Houston, bleh. Tampa Bay and New Orleans. That line is New Orleans minus three, even with Jameis likely the starting quarterback there. Big money line on this one. Saints a minus 175. Vegas just doesn't even really want you to screw around with that at all. Putting into a spot with uh, with no value, Cincinnati and Tennessee on uh, Sunday. It's an interesting game. What's that line? C- Cincinnati minus two in Nashville. The Titans have just been awful, awful, and yet the Bengals are. It is such a slog on offense with Burrow being hurt. Yeah, I don't know. 
Miami and Buffalo on Sunday, Mr. McCurdy. You in on that one? Oh, oh, I tell you what, man, I've been Bills the, minus the, two and a half. Yeah, I've been betting the Dolphins week after week after week. I'll probably will just stick with them. That they, they are, there's something else offensively. There's an argument they're the best team in football right now. Oh, a good a, argument, a legitimate argument. I mean, can you? And I'm starting to soften a little on Mike McDaniel. He's starting to kind of make me laugh a little bit instead of getting on my nerves. Oh yeah, absolutely. We do this thing in college football where we go, "This guy's an offensive genius," and this guy's an offensive genius. That guy is an offensive genius. That guy is creative as hell. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying the people that we say are offensive geniuses aren't offensive geniuses. That was not a knock at Lane Kiffin. It meant that anyone thinks it was. It was not. (laughs) My point is, this guy most certainly is an offensive genius. I mean, you, you can bet that every college and pro coach around is watching Dolphins film trying to figure it out. What are they doing? How could I? Can we do some of that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, copy, you're, you're going to copy it all the way down. And go, hey, I get they, I get these got these players, but what's the concept? Okay, well, how they are have, they? How are they manipulating off of this? They have so much speed. Yeah, and when you have speed, it is in today's football. You what used to be like the physicality was the thing, and it still is. But if you have tons of speed, you're. And he's You're finding right. ways to get Tyreek Hill completely open, getting him lost yeah. in coverage. Yeah, it's unbelievable. To NFL defenses. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, this is my theory. In the NFL, more so than in the college game, it's all about quarterback and head coach. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have elite quarterback play and you have a, a great head coach who typically is an offensive mind, sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the college game, because in the pro game, everybody's good. There's no such thing as an NFL football player who's not really good at football. You just don't make it if you're not a really good player. Look at all, some of the guys we've covered who were really good college players who couldn't ever make an NFL roster. So the margins are different. In the college game, there's a you can get real big talent discrepancies. Mississippi State, Alabama Saturday, you'll see it. I mean, there's a massive talent discrepancy in the two teams. So that's not as much about coaching as it is just, hey, their Jimmys and Joes are just better than yours. Mm -hmm. This is actually a really interesting NFL slate on a couple different levels here. You've got uh, Baltimore at Cleveland on Sunday. That's not a bad game. That's an interesting game. It's a really interesting game. Really interesting. Baltimore's coming off a loss to Indy, Cleveland, Paying a lot of money to a quarterback who's not earning it. Mm-mm. Must win for the Rams in Indianapolis on Sunday. They're getting one against the Colts. If you're hanging on at all there in the NFC, I think that's it. You got to get that one in Indy. Washington against Philadelphia. Um, mm. Minus eight, the Eagles at home. Almost tempted to lay those points. The commanders try really hard. They just... They, they haven't beaten themselves. They've been fine. Yeah, sure. No, and they're they're well coached. They just they don't have enough. They're just not quite there yet. Not they're enough coming. dudes. They're coming though. Yeah, not enough dudes. Uh, Chargers at home minus five and a half against the Raiders on Sunday in the afternoon. I just don't believe in the Chargers. I'm sorry, yeah, I just, just can't. Doesn't. I can't it, fool with them. 
they that they well, the need Raiders, another head coach. The Raiders are bad, man. Garoppolo. I will but, buy some stock in the Chargers when they change head coaches just blindly because if they get a good coach to pair with Herbert and it sort of matches up, then you got a shot. But in this current iteration, they're going to have to spend a quarter at, at head coach and something they're not been willing to do in the past. And you're getting what you pay for. San Francisco, a huge line in the NFL. They're a 14 point favorite against Josh Dobbs and the Arizona Cardinals on Saturday, on Sunday. I don't know how you lay 14 points in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, money line on the Cardinals is 625. Wow. Money line on the 49ers is 860. They say, Vegas. nope. Uh-uh. Vegas uh-uh. is telling you, uh-uh. you're not, you're not doing that. Yeah, you're not you're not getting rich off a of money line on the 49ers right here. Sorry. New England and Dallas Patriots getting six and a half at AT&T Stadium in Texas this weekend. Do you see Belichick's yeah. Belichick's uh press conference where he opens opening statement about the Cowboys and he talks for like 20 minutes and he goes, That's Dallas. He literally breaks down the team, the history of the franchise, everything. It's verbatim. He's not looking at notes. It's incredible. Why? He's, he had just well, I mean, he just got through with his initial study of the Cowboys and 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 he went into all the different things that they do and you know, throughout the history of the league where he was like, Well, I mean, not really in the sixties, but since then. And it just on and on. And he's not being a jerk. He he's literally just talking, talking about the Cowboys. And then he finishes and he goes, Yep, that's Dallas. You could almost like the people in the room are like, well, going to have to okay. come up with something different to ask now. He he has been better lately. He's almost got a little nick in him where he's gotten a little older when, hey, you know what? All right, let's just, here's here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying, I mean, because he, look, he's in the same way. I mean, you know, he's. He's been chasing these coaching records for a while now, and you thought they were guarantees when they were winning all those games with Brady. And I think to hit it now, he needs an extra three and a half seasons at his current pace. I'm just not – I'm not 100% sure he's hanging on for three and a half more. That that feels much less certain than it, than it did even a year ago. Uh, we mentioned it with Jeffrey, Kansas City at the Jets on Sunday night, 720 uh, – sorry, NBC, obviously, football, football night in America. The Chiefs are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite on the road there at the Jets and then Seattle – I don't hate that line. I don't either. I don't hate that at all. And then uh, Seattle and the Giants is a straight pick them on Monday Night Football. So take your pick. Is Saquon playing? I don't know. Beats me. If he plays, I don't mind the Giants there. If he doesn't, I don't. I really like Detroit minus two on the road tonight. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I you know I, I watched the Packers on Sunday. That was a lot of smoke and mirrors in that win. Jordan and I'm not Love. saying that. No, Jordan Love's not all that. Is Burrow healthy? No. No, I mean, he's playing hurt. There are people in their organization that think it's a mistake for him to be playing, but he wants to play. Yeah. Well, hand raise guys tonight at five. We'll uh, talk to you guys then. I It's probably something I was going to open up with tonight, but I'll ask you now. I'm not even like doing a Cubs thing. Do you miss baseball when it ends? Like, or is it 162, yeah. and then you got to kind of wait till April? Where Where do you sort of just fall with the season once it starts ending like this? 
Uh, I can already feel it a little bit. It's not the losing to the Braves. It's it's the fact that the season's coming to an end. And I know I, I know the feeling that will kind of come over me because I'm pretty used to it. Um, I will, on Sunday afternoon, listen to the radio broadcast. And, uh, God, it's almost hit me a little bit. This is not about them losing to the cut, to losing to the Braves. Um, I've told you this before. I'm, I'm Mark. I think I have marked time in my life through the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Um, so many things when you say, "Hey, what do you remember about this?" I'll say, "Well, the Cubs were playing so and so that day," and I know that's stupid. I, I I I get that it's idiotic for a boy who grew up in North Louisiana, but Chicago seemed like this magical, far off place when I was a kid like that, and I would watch the Cubs on WGN and. They came to Ruston when I was like 10. And I was already cheering for them because I had stuffed bears and I liked the bears. Mm-hmm. And so I cheered for the Cubs and I liked their uniforms. I liked the baby blue uniforms. And so I'd read the box scores on the Cubs and Bill Buckner and all those guys. And I've always liked them. And I love Pat Hughes. Um, he's terrific. And he and Ron Coomer are fantastic. For Father's Day, the kids got me one of those, what's it, cameos? Yeah. What it's called, yeah, with Pat Hughes, which was really cool. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll miss them going away for six months. I don't, it's not really about the Cubs anymore, about the team. Like, I don't know, I'm, I'm older. These guys, most of these guys are young enough to be my son. You know, I mean, I don't view it that way anymore. It's not like I, I idolized Ryan Sandberg. Andre Dawson. I wore number mm-hmm. 23 in high school, not because of Michael Jordan, but because of Ryan Sandberg. Um, it's that. I, I'll, I'll listen on Sunday and I will probably get a little emotional just because it's over. It's not because not they aren't going to the World Series. I told you this. I got to see the Cubs in the World Series. I mm-hmm. got to see the Cubs win the World Series. Not in person. I saw the World Series in person. I got to see them win the World Series. I was basically did the deal where you bargained with God. If you'll just let me see it one time, I, I won't, I won't <laughs> get pissed off again. And for the most part, I've lived up to my promise. Yeah. Um, they're not good enough this year to win a championship. You watch them against the Braves or against the Dodgers and you know that, but I'm that weird guy that turns the radio on. Now it's the internet, but I'll put my AirPods on and go for a walk. I'd rather listen to Pat and Ron than watch Boog Shambi and Jim Deshays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not that they're bad. They're perfectly good. I think Jim Deshays is actually really talented, and Boog's a national voice, but there's something about Pat Hughes and, and uh, Ron Coomer and Zach Zaidman when they're in the booth that they make you feel like you're in the booth hanging out with them, which is the gift. And a lot of there are a lot of crews that are that way, but I'll listen to them for a hundred and probably 40 games a year. And yeah, so so I can feel that coming like this weekend a little bit and I'll be busy on, on Saturday, but on Sunday I will, I will stop and I will turn on the radio broadcast and I'll listen to the end and I'll listen to them. Thank everybody and all the stuff that they'll do. And yeah, man, I mean, I'm like borderline choked up now. I think I'll miss that. I'll miss them for sure. And now they're only a half out, right? Yeah, but but they don't they don't own the tiebreaker, and and they're done. They're done. They yeah. they they don't have the bullpen. It's not there. And and they've they they're pressing, which is what you expect. I mean, they played really over their heads for 
most of the month of July and August, and they just they ran out of gas. Like you can see it; they're just out. And they, but they're not far away. They've got some good young players. Uh, they play in a bad division. Milwaukee's going to lose a lot of guys off this team. Um, they're the best team in the division, but they're going to lose dudes off this team. And so they'll be back and they'll be fun. But yeah, it's just that's the part that I'll the part that I'll miss is that you know. And and now that Carson's older, you know, he's I was like, hey, you want to go to the convention? And he's like, no, no, yeah, yeah. So you know, when he was little, we'd go to the convention and all that stuff, and that was fun. So. Yeah, that's the part. That's the part that I miss. Our age is separated by a dozen years or so, but it's it's interesting that both of uh, parts of our life where we would have played sports, Michael Jordan would have been the impetus for wearing twenty three, and yet we both wore twenty three exclusively for other players. Because I mean, obviously, I grew up with Michael Jordan, but that yeah. never even factored in. I wore twenty three for David Justice. Yeah, Dave Justice. I was th- trying to think who twenty three was. And I was thinking it was Justice. Yeah, so I mean that's 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 interesting. I had yeah. to one year when I I got I got moved up to the varsity in baseball in eighth grade and had to wear forty one because it was the only jersey that was left. But otherwise, it was pretty much twenty three exclusively. My favorite player was Ivan De Jesus, and then he got traded to Philadelphia for Larry Boa and Ryan Sandberg, <laughs> and so I guess I was twelve, maybe eleven, and Sandberg made his debut as a third baseman. And was like oh for his first thirty, and I just started cheering for him. I'm like, man, I hope he starts getting hits because I just started cheering for him. And then he started getting hits, and then he started getting hits. Then he started getting a lot of hits, and he had that magical season in '84. I was 14 years old, and that's like perfect age for that magical yeah. season. Like that, that that's it. Yeah, that, I mean, that was the year that like I was already cheering for them, but that was the year that I like stopped cheering for anything else. Yeah, you know, people are. People are always like, why Why the Cubs? Why? And I tell people this. I've told you this. I don't have much emotional capacity for much else. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I cheer for the Thunder because a lot of it is because it bonds with Carson and we enjoy it. And I love the NBA as a product. And it's more fun when you have a team. But, yeah, I mean, I've, I've cheered for the Cubs for so long that I don't really have a lot of emotional capacity to truly cheer for anything else. Mm-hmm. All right, we will uh, be back tonight again. Henry's guys around five o'clock for that to close the uh, the week podcast. Heading into Ole Miss and LSU, five o'clock ESPN. We'll have a post game show presented by Dad Soxy. In the meantime, remember twenty five percent off with code Rebel Grove with Dad Soxy. I had a couple of friends ask me about that this week. That is the code. That's where you can still stick with and get that discount there with Dead Soxy. So all that and much more. Thanks to Jeffrey for his time as always, and we'll talk to you again tonight spin your passion into a business of shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout let's hear that one more time the world's best converting checkout shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website across social media and everywhere in between now that's music to your ears any way you spin it you can be a smash hit with shopify Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.